we're we're dealing with the revelation of Jesus Christ, and uh, and we're probably going to be in this study for the rest of our lives, whether we call it the revelation of Jesus Christ or we talk about another subject. We're dealing with the revelation of Jesus Christ every day. Okay, because you know he's our life, and our life is being made known to us by the Spirit of God. It's really that simple. He's our life, and our life is being made known, that's unveiled in our hearts by the Spirit of God. So what we've entered into or what's entered into us is being made known. And we obtain that by faith. Okay? We obtain that of Christ by faith, by the faith of the Son of God. We enter into that by believing in Him. So, so the only thing that locks someone out is not believing. Children of Israel couldn't enter into the land of promise. Why? Because God didn't want them to? No. Because of unbelief. They didn't believe God. And sometimes we as Christians just don't believe God. But we have access into everything that's in Christ. Okay? So everything that's in him is accessible to you and I through faith. And that's kind of where the Lord is, is taking me into this study right now is the faith of the Son of God is what, what is the different kind of in my heart? This is a question, and I, and I may not even present this in the finality of what the Lord shows me. I'm sure I won't tonight. But I've got a stirring going on in me that start, really started stirring in me in the book of Genesis, walk before me and be thou, be made perfect, or be complete, be thou perfect. God's speaking to Abram. And the whole thing of Abram was to walk before him. So Abram's walk was before the Lord, and that walk was a walk of faith. If you go back and read of our father Abraham, you find out, Abraham believed God. We believe God so much that God told him to leave his country and his kindred, and he did that. Now, Abraham, or at that time known as Abram, he didn't just have blind faith. He didn't just come up and say, well, I'm going to believe God. Four things. 
God spoke to him a word. Okay? Hear that with me. God spoke to Abram a word. Abram began to pursue the word God spoke. Okay? So Abram's faith was based upon the word that God spoke. Get out of thy country, from thy kindred, to the land that I will show thee. And Abram started the journey because he believed God. And the Bible says the Lord appeared to Abram. So again, Abram wasn't in just this, what you say, blind faith. I'm hoping God, for God to give me something. No, Abram's faith was according to a word spoken to him. And this is very important. The word that has been declared to you and I is who? Is a who? Listen. God has declared his son to you and I by the Spirit of God. Okay? So that's the word. And even Apostle Paul said that's the word of faith that we preach. What did he say was the word of faith that we preach in Romans 10? That if thou wilt believe where at in thy heart, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And being saved is a big word. We make it a really small word. But it's a, it's a really big word when you start searching out the word sozo in your Bible and you look at everything that saved applies to. As Brother Jim Wickens would say, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Because the woman with the issue of blood that was healed, she was saved. And what happened to her is... She was completely changed. She was completely changed. One moment she came into the presence of the Lord, she had an issue of blood. She touched him. And when she touched him, she was completely changed. And see, that's, that's what's happened to you and I. We have touched him. And because we've touched him, we are completely changed. We're changed so much that the Apostle Paul says we're a new creation. Okay? Old things have passed away. 
All things are new. Now, honey, that's powerful. Old things are past. All things are new. And all things are of God. Now, a question I have, do we get up every morning and say, thank you, Lord, that old things have passed away and all things are new and all things are of you? See, to me, that's a walk of faith because that's what happened in the Lord Jesus Christ. So walking before the Lord, I'm walking in what he's done. Just like the Apostle Paul says, reckon yourselves to be dead and alive unto God through Christ Jesus the Lord. How? What? Okay. You know, we read over this. We may read it every day. We, we in this group have read Romans 6 and John 14. <laughs> I, I guess is building block scriptures that we look at all the time. But Paul didn't just say, read that. He said, reckon that to be true. That is absolutely true. You're dead. And your life is hid with Christ and God. That's true through him. Now, that's the word that's been given to us that we are to possess. Just like Abram was given a word to possess. Okay? So a word came to Abram, and Abram was given to that word, that word to possess, and Abram's heart began to pursue the word. Can we hear that? So the word that is given to you and I is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we are to possess that of him. So he died to sin. We are dead to sin. So he raised from the dead. We are raised from the dead. So he is righteous. We are righteous. Okay. Well, these are things that's stirring in my heart right now. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Because I'm walking before him. Not walking before Adam. I'm walking before him. Do you hear that? See, if I walk before Adam, if I walk in the understanding of Adam, and I dealt with that this this morning, and I'm going to move on here in a moment. But if I walk in the understanding of Adam, I'm not perfect. I'm not complete. I'm not whole. I'm everything but that. So the only way I can get whole and perfect and complete, well, is that the Lord Jesus comes into me 
and I'm talking to people that he has come into. So he's already come into you. So I'm not talking to people who haven't received the Lord. I'm talking to people who have received the Lord. So now that we have received the Lord, we walk before him, not before Adam, but we're walking before him. He's our Lord. We use the word Lord. We like to call him Lord. He has rule over us. Well, his rule over us is according, yes, to his person, and it's according to the work that he did. So if I don't believe the work that he did, I'm probably not going to live in the benefits of it. I'm shut out from it because of faith. But as I believe it, I have access into it. And there's this ever-increasing faith of the Son of God that's made real to me. To walk in. To walk through this land. Well, in... I have so many scriptures, there's no way I'll go through them all. And I, just for a moment, we've dealt with Abram, and we'll deal with Moses for a moment. We're going to deal with Moses in two places, two or three places. But Moses came out and saw the fire of God in the midst of a bush. And Moses turned to see the bush. That's Exodus 3. And the Lord told him to put off thy shoes or thy sandals off your feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. So Moses' walk was changed right there. And God come on and told him, said, I'm the God of your fathers, the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. And he comes on and he says, I have come down to bring them out, out of the bondage of the Egyptians unto the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey. And God tells him, I am that I am. So here Moses begins a walk in what God has said. Can we hear that? So Moses just doesn't run out and say, I'm going to free all the Israelites of his own accord. The word of God comes to Moses, and Moses goes out, in the power of that word. So he goes to Pharaoh in the power of that word. 
that came to him. Now, I want you to hear this because the power of the word that's come unto you. is the Lord Jesus Christ. See, see, it's not just something God said, which God did this in, in, in Israel as well. God came down himself, and God was a cloud and a fire, and God led them out. It was God's own right hand and own power, but Moses went in among the Egyptians in faith. So he walked there in faith. He received the word God gave him. Just like Abram. When you come to Hebrews 11, you see that Moses is one of the fathers of faith. Because Moses is walking in what God has said. And he, you know, desired in his heart to not be called the son of Pharaoh or the son of Pharaoh's daughter. We, we're going to look at that. Hebrews 11, if you flip over there, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 24 says, Hebrews 11, 24 says, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, accounting the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked unto the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood that the destroyer of the firstborn should not touch them. See, God said that to Moses, and Moses received it and carried it out. By, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were sw swallowed up. Now, what, what I want you to look at is Moses was seeing him who is invisible. How is he seeing him? Through faith. Through faith. Now look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is assurance of things hoped for. King James says substance, and I, I think both of these are proper. Because we're, we're not just assured, like, like we, we look at the word, well, I have some assurance. No, it's the substance of Christ in us that assures us of what we've hoped for. Evidence of things not seen or conviction of things not seen. For therein the elders had witness born to them. By faith we understand that the worlds have been framed by the word of God so that what is seen have not been made out of things which appear. So what, what were they made out of? They were made out of God. So Moses was seeing him who was invisible. 
he that framed all things by the word of his own power. Okay. That's what Moses was seeing. Now, that's what we see in the revelation of Jesus Christ. We begin to see that that has been framed by the word of God's own power. And that word is not just something he said, but it's the person. So what we hope for, see, see, just a little direction in the heart. When we become a Christian, we get born again, filled with the Spirit, kind of the way we used to talk on our way to heaven. That's what we, you know, many of us used to say. All right. Let's bring a little direction to the heart. What does the heart hope for? In God, righteousness is one. Every believer, I believe, that has encountered the Lord, and, and I mentioned the last two sharings I've done, why? has this in them to be righteous, to be holy. You know why? Because you're in the presence of the righteous one. That's why. So it's automatically there, because it's just like Moses. Put off your shoes, Moses. You're on holy ground. And if you think Moses was on holy ground, honey, we need to hear what Jesus said. At that day, you'll know I am in my Father. You are in me, and I am in you. You're talking about holy ground that we've come to. Now that's holy ground. We're in the presence of the King. So there's something inside of us. I believe that something is him. <laughs> that is, you know, crying out to our heart that we need to be holy. We need to be righteous. And if I walk before my own face, I won't find it. Okay. And that's where a lot of Christians do. They go back because this is going on inside of them. This desire to be made right with God. And I believe that's in every Christian, true born-again Christian's heart. But they're looking for the power to do it. The power to do it's within them but they look at the wrong face. They look at themselves, their own ability, 
See, then we don't come to it. So what we hope for, we can come to by looking at him. Because he has achieved this already for you and I. It's already done. He has made unto us righteousness. So we're counted righteous by receiving him. In fact, the righteousness that he is, is bestowed upon us. That's pretty good righteousness. But our heart, that inside of us, is yearning for it. Is crying out. I believe Romans 8 talks about the heart crying out. It's crying out for that that's in Christ to be made real. And how we possess that that's in Christ is through faith. That's how we possess it. It's revealed to us by the Spirit of God, and we receive it. Salvation's received, it's given of God. It's not of works, just like it was with Abraham. Abraham didn't work to achieve anything. God gave it to him. Abraham believed God, and it was given unto him. Now, what's given unto us is everything in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's given to us. So, so what God bestows upon us is what's in Christ because that's where he's placed us is in Christ Jesus the Lord. So these, these things of God aren't bestowed upon us outside of Christ. See, I can read all those scriptures and, and like Romans, if I'm not careful, I'll bestow them on myself without seeing that, that, yes, it's bestowed upon me, but it's bestowed upon me in Christ. Everything that he did is now bestowed upon me. And what I'm hoping for is that that he's done to be made known in me. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm expecting. I'm, I'm actually expecting that. Why am I expecting that? Because he that promised is living in me. That's why. And he promised it. He said, John 17, he said, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, thou and me, that they be made perfect in one. So this is what Jesus declared was given to the church, his body. He declared it. He said it. He spoke it. I told you it's framed by the word of God. 
He not only spoke it, he did that. Listen to me. I will come and receive you to where? To myself. So he took us from Adam to himself. So he did what he spoke. See, I see something, at least a measure of it. When God deals with, deals with Abraham, Abram, and justifies him by faith there in Genesis 15, if you read it, God then puts Abram in a deep sleep, or Abram goes into a deep sleep, however it happens. But God walks between the sacrifice himself. He does it himself. He goes in and he comes out. Who did that? Jesus went in to death, became a man, was buried, and he comes out. And ascends back on high. He does it himself. Then he says, I'll come again and receive you to myself. Who does that? Do we attain to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we one day get there, so to speak? We have to receive him, yes. But he gets us himself and brings us there. Now, that's pretty good salvation we have, that God's brought us to his very own self. That's a pretty good word he's given us, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, thou and me. That's a pretty good word to receive. This is what the Lord has done. And it's in this walk of faith that we come to see this. We walk by faith and not by sight. But what does that mean? If I, if I look at sight, I look around at this crowd of people that are with me, and I'm not getting younger. And neither are you. <laughs> I, can, I, can look at, I can look at that. That's one thing of sight. Or I can look at the power and glory of God which is faith. I can look at the substance of Christ that is bestowed upon us and believe it and walk in it. And my age is irrelevant to that. It's irrelevant whether I'm 17 or I'm 95 because he that promised is also he that keeps the promise.
Okay, so it's it's really irrelevant what our age is in the natural. What's relevant is him that did the work that brought us to himself to show us himself that with Christ, as the writer says, he would freely give us all things. Okay. Do we believe that, that he desired to freely give us all things? I believe that. I really believe that. Well, I have a, a bit, a little bit, a little bit longer on this, and we'll just have to work this out in the coming weeks. But, uh, but a couple things to to throw at you to consider. Galatians two and Galatians three, and and you all can read Romans eight. I don't know that I'll make it to Romans eight, but Galatians two. Apostle Paul says, verse 14, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas or Peter in the presence of all, if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves also have been found sinners, is Christ then the minister of sin? Now, that right there, what Paul said, would probably deal with many Christians. Christ isn't the minister of sin. Christ is the minister of life. Christ is the minister of justification. So when we're justified by Christ, we're justified from sin. And we're found in his life. And that's what Paul's saying, may it never be. Continuing on, verse 18, for if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness come through the law, then Christ died needlessly. So righteousness didn't come through my works. It didn't come through the law. It came through the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has completely justified me. And my heart desires to walk in his justification. All right? I desire to walk there, uprightly before the Lord because Jesus brought me to himself. Now it's through faith that we can obtain that. 
the faith of the Son of God. We're receiving that of him. All right, Galatians 3, verse 22. Galatians 3, or actually verse 21. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law had been given, which was able to do what? Impart life. See, the problem with the law was it was weak, Paul says, through the flesh. The law couldn't impart life. Couldn't do it. Then righteousness would have been based on law. So righteousness evidently has to do with life. In Adam all die. In Adam all are unrighteous. Okay? We are quickened together with Christ, so here's where life sat is in Christ. He imparts life to us. But the Scripture has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to who? Those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, certain translations say you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. If you look up in your Bible the words for child and a son, they're two different words. The proper translation here is son. You're a son of God through faith. And I believe, like I said, I'm, I'm searching this out. It struck me some time ago, and, and now it's really striking me, I could say. I believe this is what we call sonship or the son being made real in us. Because we're born again believers as children of God, right? Why? To grow up into him. To become mature. We are all sons of God through faith. Just a thought I have, and it may it may not be exactly right, but just a thought, and I'm just presenting it to you all, and you all can chew on it. Because we receive the Lord. We come into Christ right there. He comes into us. But it does not appear what we shall be. But when he appears, we realize we are as he is because he's our life. This is what I'm talking about obtaining by faith. It's that of him that's revealed, that we obtain. As it's made known to us by the Spirit of God, and we receive it and walk in it. And I believe this is why Apostle Paul used terms like reckon yourselves. 
You know, if you see the work he's done, then reckon it to be so. Reckon yourselves dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus the Lord. Why? Because he's your life. He's dead to sin, and he's alive unto God. In him dwells all the fullness of God. So you can, you can better believe he's alive unto God. Anyway, I'll stop right here tonight. We'll, uh, Lord willing, we'll continue to tackle this in the coming time. And I'm gonna call on, uh, I'm gonna call on Brother Jim first. Let me end this and restart it here real quick. <laughs>